Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Rod, for leading us into prayer, and also Riley and your team for leading us into worship. First Sunday back from vacation, and uh, replacing Walter Fott, who was supposed to uh, preach this morning, but uh, he is sick. Please pray for his recovery. He'll come back later on the 21st, when I was supposed to uh, preach. Let us pray together. Lord, we come before you and ask that your spirit moves into our hearts and uh, bring the word to our hearts, to our lives in such a way that uh, we are ignite, ignited to rejoice in you and to continue to worship you and to serve you on a daily basis. We thank you for Jesus, who is the reason why we are assembling here today. In his name we pray, amen. So whether you're old or young, whether you're a 12-year-old, 82-year-old, doesn't matter, only one thing is needed. Whether you are from Canada or South Africa, you live in Europe or the Americas, doesn't matter, only one thing is needed. Whether you're from a Latino culture or an Anglo-Saxon culture, doesn't matter, only one thing is needed. Whether you lived 2,000 years ago at the beginning of Christianity, 500 years ago or 20 years ago, does not matter, only one thing is needed. Whether you are a busy CEO or prime minister, or you are unemployed looking for a job, does not really matter because only one thing is needed. No matter your age, your location on this planet, your status, your vocation, your culture, only one thing is needed. Now, I want you to understand here this morning that it's not to say that beside this one thing that we're going to look at this morning, there are no other important things. Of course, there are other very important things. But this is to say that this one and only thing that Jesus said is needed is the first business of order in our day. It's a top priority. Let's re let us read this passage there found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distressed by all the preparation that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord replied, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This passage is only found in the Gospel of Luke. 
It's a short story, four verses, but nevertheless it has, it's a, it's a great teaching. It has huge implication and importance for our lives, for our spiritual life. If you are a person with tendency to worry, to be upset easily, or tendency to be a workaholic, uh, tendency to, to be anxious, this passage is for you. It's for me. I mean, I found a lot of meat in that passage along the years, and this passage came back to me this, for this occasion recently. So this is a story that presents us with two sisters with two different personalities, two different set of priorities. We can glean from this passage and also from um, John chapter 12 a few things. We can read that they both had a big heart. They both had a big heart for the Lord, for the people of God. We read in this passage that Martha was very hospitable. She opened her home to Jesus and the 12 disciples. Can you imagine 12 disciples, 12 young person coming to your house, possibly some with their wives, maybe, maybe not. We don't know for sure. It doesn't say a lot of preparation this gathering was entailing for everyone. Martha loved to serve the people of God. We read it here, and in John 12, she's also serving the people of God in that occasion. Mary also loved the Lord Jesus. You can tell in that passage with what she is doing. In John chapter 12, she took a pint of perfume, a pint of nard, that was worth a year's salary, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and was wiping his feet with her hair. There was nothing too valuable for a Lord. Big heart, both of them, for the Lord. But as we said, they both had a different personality and set of priorities, two different attitudes. We can read between the line a little bit here, if you allow a little bit of uh, speculation, that Martha might have been type A personality. Someone who was task-oriented. Someone who, the type of person was a get-her-done, with a get-her-done attitude. Busy with all the preparation that had to be done, and we understand that was, there was a lot to be done, for sure. She was easily sidetracked, though. On the other hand, Mary seemed to be more of an easygoing person. Unhurry, people-oriented instead of task-oriented, low-key. She was somehow contemplative in terms of attitude. Some would go as far as saying that she's a little bit lazy, maybe, in that passage. Instead of helping her sister, she was, instead of being in the kitchen where the work was being done, she was in the living room. It's the thing with Jesus. Let's put it that way. If you have a job to do that is important, you would probably ask Martha. You would probably delegate your responsibility to Martha rather than Mary, right? Because you would know that 
this will get done. Yet at the end of the day, Martha was the one who was rebuked by Jesus, and Mary was the one who was praised and approved by Jesus. Hear the words of Jesus after Martha came to see him frustrated with her sister, trying to leverage the authority of Jesus for benefit. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Ouch! You know, if you're in Martha's shoes, wow, that's kind of a strong rebuke. I'm sure that Martha didn't expect that at all. She was expecting probably Jesus to tell Mary, all right, sorry, Martha, Mary, let's chat later. Let's get to help your sister. We'll chat after the meal, maybe. I mean, how could Martha be faulted? There was a lot of work, as we said. But it's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the better part. While Martha was working hard in the kitchen, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he had to say. This passage offers us a reality check in a striking contrast to our culture that praises and values productivity, accomplishment, multitasking, achievement above everything else. This is a constant emphasis that you feel from our culture, production, productivity. We live in a culture where we feel the need to not miss anything as well. We feel in a culture where we are to be involved in everything, to be in a constant hurry, go, 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 go all the time. And there's nothing wrong with being involved in different activities. There's nothing wrong with productivity. It has to be in its proper context, though. Jesus says, to Martha, make time to slow down. Make time to stop and listen. This passage obviously presents us with what our ultimate priority and value should be in any given day, which is to connect with Jesus, to taste his presence, to listen to him speaking through the word and through his spirit. Today we could call it or apply it to ourselves by, you know, putting it in its proper context for us and calling it doing our devotion, taking our time with Jesus. In a context of pressure and many things to do, it's no longer a priority to have a time with the Lord on a daily basis. 
We have better things to do. And I've been guilty of that. Sometimes on Saturday morning, I have a long list of things to do. And I had a tendency in the past to skip my time with the Lord. Getting things done, accomplishment, productivity, activities of all kinds is the name of the game in our daily routine. Maybe we put too much on our plate. Maybe we have too much things on our to-do list. Maybe we are involved in too, too many things. Maybe we need to simplify our lives so we have time for this only one thing that Jesus says is needed for each of us. Uh, we have other reasons as well to skip our time with the Lord. I mean, there were times in the past where I would have said, wow, that's, that's boring. You know, I don't get much out of that. The problem was not with the Spirit of God. The problem was not with the Word. The problem was with me. When we come to our time with the Lord and it's not exciting and we don't expect an encounter with, with Jesus, when we don't get anything out of this, when we don't believe that the Spirit of God can speak to us, the problem is not on God's side. The problem is on our coldness of heart, our own unfocusedness, if that is a word. So why should we make this only one thing that is needed, a priority? Because Jesus said, it is a priority above everything else, including all the good things that is involved in our lives. Here's the thing with this one thing that is needed. We can be like Martha, doing all kinds of great things for God, for others, for the world, for the church. But if we don't practice this one thing on a daily basis, connecting with Jesus, we are totally missing the point. We're totally missing the point of Christianity and salvation, right? Which was to reconnect us with God in the first place. And now that we are reconnected, if we're not taking this time to connect, a daily time to connect with the Lord, we're totally missing the point. It's like being married but not living at home, not having any contact with my wife, not living at home. Or on another hand, it's like Paul, when he is talking about the spiritual gift in 1 Corinthians, saying, wow, I, you can't have all the gift of the world, the gift of prophecy, healing, miracles, serving, but if you have no love, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's the same kind of comparison there. Here are some other reasons as well to make this a priority in our life. There are some dangers or disadvantage at best, dangers at worst, or cost to us that we may not see for not regularly connecting with the Lord. If we're not spending this 
daily time with the Lord and make it fit in our schedule. I understand, you know, as a busy mom with kids, it's not always easy. But somehow we got to find a way to make it a priority in our schedule. And if we're not making this a priority, we run the chance of being busy with all kinds of good things, but missing the point on the, the ultimate priority. We couldn't come to even be involved in things where we're wasting our time because we're not doing what the Lord is calling us to do. We fall for all kinds of things and we get busy. And as we get busy, we become overwhelmed at times because of the pressure of life and all the responsibilities that we have. And that can lead to burnout if you don't pace yourself properly. It can lead to burnout. Because this time with the Lord is a time where we resource ourselves, we resource our soul. And if we're missing on that, then there's a lack of balance. The outtake outweighs the intake in our lives. We get sidetracked with all kinds of secondary things. We lose sight of priorities. Another disadvantage is that Overall, it's easy over time to lose perspective and to lose balance in our lives because we're not spending time with the one who guides our life and our priorities and gives us perspective and teaches us balance. We may also have less of a sense of purpose and direction in our lives because we're not attached to the source of purpose and direction. We can also come to suffer from mal spiritual malnutrition. Jesus says, you know, every man live not only of bread, but from the bread of above. The bread, the word of God from above. That we need on a daily basis to nourish our soul. And as we are spiritually malnourished, our growth is affected. We may even be more prone to, to lack of discernment, deception. If we're not spending time with the Lord, spending time in the Word, being taught by the Spirit of God, we come to lack discernment. So spending time with Jesus on a daily basis will help us to be more focused, to be wiser, to be more productive, but in the right way, to be less stressed even. So reason number one to make this only one thing that is needed, a daily practice, is that Jesus said it is a rightful priority for each one of us. No exception. The second reason is that it is not doing it is, is missing the purpose, missing the point of salvation. It's losing balance in our lives and all the other costs that we may incur by not doing it. So if these two reasons are not sufficient for you, here's a third one that hopefully will be sufficient to convince you. 
to practice silence and solitude on a daily basis before Jesus and his presence and his word and the presence of his spirit. We read about Jesus that it was a regular practice for him to withdraw into lonely places. You read here and there in the gospel that for him, and even at time inviting his disciple, it was a priority to withdraw into lonely places. We read in Luke chapter 5, verse 15 to 16, Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. So very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. As busy as Jesus was, Jesus, the Son of God, as busy as he was, that was a regular practice of him to withdraw from life and from ministry. He was not shy to put ministry aside when it was time to do it, to go to lonely places to pray. Why was withdrawing for him? Even as the son of God, some people would argue, well, he didn't need that really. Jesus was the son of God. No, Jesus did it not for the record. He did it because he needed it. It was a regular practice for him. So he could find silence and solitude to connect with his father on a regular basis. Most likely a daily basis. To pray, to hear the Father's voice, to hear the Father's teaching, to hear the Father's direction for the mission. You read that in many places in John, that what, what Jesus was teaching were things that he heard from the Father. And these places of, of silence and solitude... It was a priority to receive his father's love, to receive strength in face of opposition that he was facing on a regular basis, to receive direction for the mission. In his humanity, it was a necessity for his spiritual well-being to accomplish the mission. It was also not just a necessity. Jesus was not doing that by obligation. If we think that he was doing that by obligation only, we're not understanding his purpose. He was doing it because it was a pleasure to spend time with his father as the son of God. So if this was a regular practice for Jesus by necessity and by, by pleasure, to meet with his father, what does it say about us? I'm not here to put a guilt trip on anyone. That's not the way to change hearts. Guilt does not change hearts at all. It's being persuaded and being convicted by, by God that changes our hearts.
But we need to think about that. If it was a regular practice for Jesus, what about us? So what is a lonely or a solitary place for us? Well, it's a place where we are alone, by ourselves, no distractions, no social media, no phone, no internet, no TV, nothing. Just silence and solitude. It's a place where, like Mary, we can connect with Jesus and focus on, on him, just you and him, alone, by yourself. Where you make yourself available to him as he makes himself available to you. It's a place where we bring and give praise to the Lord for the great things he's doing in our lives. where we bring honor to his, hand, to his name, for his goodness, for his love. There are tons of reasons why we can come and give praise. You know, our family, our work, the blessing of this country, the freedom that we have, and so on and so forth. It's a place where we come to express and pour our heart to the Lord. It's a place where we bring our fears, our concerns, our worries, our stress, our cares, our hurts, our wounds. It's the place where we process these things. Like Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, bring your prayer request to the Lord and exchange these anxiety, these concerns with the peace of God. It's a place where we come to unburden our hearts and to take the yoke of Jesus. It's the place where we experience his presence, his love, his goodness, his hope, and his understanding. Sometimes that, that happens. When we lack understanding, there is one place where we can find it, and it's a it's, it is at the feet of Jesus. So a lonely and solitary place is also a place where we are restored, where we are affirmed, where we are encouraged, where we are replenished, where our mind is renewed, where we unlearn things as the Spirit of God brings awareness to our mind, a place where we unlearn things that are not helpful for our growth and we replace them with helpful things true beliefs, truth. It's a place where we can come and pray and ask, make our needs known. But one of the points in this passage there tells us that Mary was not praying. Maybe she was talking to Jesus and she made, you know, she had some questions. It was a place where she was listening to Jesus. So for us, it's the same thing. It's not a place where we talk. That that's, was how my prayer life was for so many years. Ask this, ask that, talk, and request this, and request that. 
a little bit of praise here and there, but not much listening. Well, God has some stuff to tell us as well. And we find his instructions in the word, but sometimes we find his instruction as the Spirit speaks to our hearts. So listening is an important part of our time of silence and solitude where we can hear the voice of God with discernment, of course, but what God has to teach us, the awareness that he wants to bring to our mind could be a sin to confess, could be something else, and instructions, a guidance. Much can be said about hearing the voice of God. We don't have time to cover that this morning. But think about it. Doesn't it make sense? that a father speaks to his children, not only through other people, not only through the scriptures, not only through circumstances, but spirit to spirit. Only one thing is needed to stop and to connect with Jesus and to listen. How many other things have we put in our lives before this only one thing that is needed? How many times have we neglected this only one thing at the benefit of other things that are maybe important and good, but secondary in light of this ultimate priority? We often feel the pressure to skip this one thing for different reasons, sometimes it's by lack of preparedness, prep, uh, of being prepared, or the pressure of life. Sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to check off life and go in a time of silence and solitude with the Lord. In light of Jesus' word, Maybe we need to revise our definition of success, of accomplishment, of productivity, and refocus on li our lives on what may not seem to be so productive in the first place. Right? Not so productive in the eyes of the world, but not the case in Jesus' perspective. This one thing is often the missing link in our daily walk, in our spiritual walk. Might be the explanation why we're so stressed. Might be the explanation why we're not growing. Might be the explanation why the Christian life is not so exciting and not so fun after all. Can be the explanation of many things. John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive, and the chaos of the modern world calls hurry the great enemy of the spiritual lives. He argues for a return to four basic practices that was done in the early church. in order to experience what God has to offer to us. These four practices are silence and solitude. We spoke about that today. 
Sabbath as well. Much has to be said about that, whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday, it's not the point, but a day off, like it is part of the life of the people of God in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. Simplicity and slowing down. Four practices. You might think, wow, if I do that, it's going to cost me a lot. I'm not going to be able to accomplish all these things that are on my list, that are in my projects. How can I afford that and meet all my obligations? That was my thought when Jeanette said a few months ago, maybe we should uh, practice Sabbath in our family. I thought, well, Saturday is the day that... Sunday is not a day off, right? So we chose Saturday to do it. And I thought Saturday is the, way, is the day where I catch up at home. Lots of things to do. I thought, how can I do that? And we decided to take the plunge. And I had to rearrange my schedule rearrange the priorities during the week and for that day. What a blessing. It is to do that. It's a day that I'm looking forward to spend not doing nothing Although part of the day is sometimes about doing nothing but resting, but about doing other things, focusing on uh, time with the Lord, more extended time with the Lord, reading. Uh, we have to start making a way out for TV, uh, spend, spending time listening to worship music, writing maybe and stuff like that so it's still in process of being rearranged but what a blessing it's a day i'm looking forward to give myself permission to stop working and do something that revives my soul yes there is a cost to return to these practices to establish that in our life but on the other hand there is a cost for not doing it as well and we're not conscious of that there is a cost for us not to implement these things. Stress, lack of purpose, lack of direction, lack of intimacy with God, lack of transformation, lack of enjoying the benefit of the real things of life, relationships, so on and so forth. Only one thing is needed above all and above everything. And missing that is missing the point of Christianity. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the life of Jesus that is giving us practices to 
not only restore our relationships with you, but also restore our, our lives, the practices of our lives in a way that is aligned with your purpose, that is aligned with your, your will, your desire, in order to be involved in things that are meaningful to you and to us, meaningful to the advancement of the kingdom. We praise you for this practice of silence and solitude when we can restore our soul for Sabbath as well, where, where we can rest, break from the activities of the week and enjoy rest that is restorative physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We thank you for the Gospels. We pray in Jesus' name for his life that he has given us, but also for the example that he has provided for us. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.